it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show, where we try our best to connect the dots between our physical, emotional, spiritual, and intellectual facets of what make us human beings. And I have as my guest today, Andrea Glasser, uh, who has been on the show once before. Before we get started, however, I want everybody to know how to find the shows if you want to do the archives. Uh, It's www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com and there are literally 15 pages of shows there for the last three and a half years. So you can go back and find many of the guests that you've enjoyed listening to. I believe in bringing them on multiple times because they have so much to offer and I don't think we can do it in just one show. Uh, While you are at the website, uh, if you look, there is a banner for Boomers Forever Young and they're one of the sponsors of the show. They have world-class nutritional products and with 2020 teaching us the importance of staying healthy and taking responsibility for staying healthy, um, I think checking out their website and looking at their blogs, looking at their videos, looking at the testimonies that are coming from all of their many, many customers will help you understand your part in taking responsibility for your personal health. So please uh, check them out. You can sign up for their free newsletter and uh, it might be the gift that keeps on giving, which is what our health is really all about. So Andrea hails from Romania, but she's been here in this country since 2002. And she completed her third book um, in a trilogy entitled Following Your Dreams, and they are all available on Amazon. She does enjoy inspiring others in the areas of holistic health and wellness, and she helps people understand that our challenges in life can be turned into opportunities for personal growth. And I think that's what life really is, is many, many, many series of opportunities. And then what do we do with them? You know, the choices that we make determine the outcome of those opportunities. She is also a certified life coach. She can be contacted at Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A, at Glasser, G-L-A-S-S-E-R, foundation.org. And what we're going to talk about today uh, for the next hour or so is what drives us to succeed in life. Um, Everybody, you know, starts out as this little baby that can't talk, uh, smiles and coos and rolls over, you know, around four months, and yet they have no concept at that point in their life of what their life purpose is or what is going to make them happy and successful as an adult. So that's what we're going to kind of talk about today is uh, finding out how to find your life purpose, how to be successful and happy and that process. And if you get detoured along the way, which many of us do, we choose other ways of uh, supporting ourselves and sometimes it might not be in our best interest. But if we get detoured, how to get back on track. So welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Lucy. That was an amazing introduction and I feel very Uh, blessed and uh, grateful to be here in your show again for the second time and um, yeah thank you for mentioning my books I I want to make a tiny little correction it it, the title of my trilogy um, is following a dream oh a dream yeah because if people look for following your dreams they're gonna find completely different books but yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that I got to accomplish that. And uh, today, this morning, actually, on the way here, I got a message from uh, my former hairstylist and she sent me a picture with all three books waiting for me to sign them. And I, I was so excited. And she mentioned um, I, I need to support my, my friend and I said please don't do this for me do it for you because uh-huh. you need to get something from there that's gonna be helpful uh, for your life and also please share with your friends and family members that you need they're, they're gonna uh, learn something from there and they can use it for their life to uh-huh. get unstuck and, and continue to move on so in the title following a dream 
That was your dream, correct? Right. So you had that dream at age... Eight. Eight. And you knew then that someday you would leave Romania? I did. I always wanted to travel, explore the world. Uh, I, it was in my heart to go and uh, see other places, um, know, meet more people, get to know other cultures and uh, explore the world. It was all about adventure at that time. And that's so interesting because uh, from what I know, Romania is a pretty closed society, you know, that you have to do what you have to do. And so choices are more limited, correct? Right, especially when I grew up, not uh, uh, like right now there's democracy and there's freedom to travel and whatnot. But when I grew up, up until I was 14 years old, I uh, lived in a communism and there were lots of restrictions. Uh, from food restrictions to travel to freedom of speech, uh, religion, anything. Uh, so uh, people were very secluded from the world and they didn't know uh, what is possible and they just had to follow um, certain rules. So how did you as an eight-year-old you know, begin to think about, I don't want this for my whole life? Uh, because most eight-year-olds are probably just busy kind of playing and doing what they're told to do, especially in a restricted society. Right, that's true, but kids have an instinct, and I was observing my parents, just like all the kids observe their parents, and no matter how much we tell them what to do, uh, they follow us. So if we don't do and say the right things, <laughs> they are going to follow our example and not what we tell them to do. So I was observing my parents and I noticed there was a little bit of tension in the house because um, there were certain things they were said um, in a whisper mode <laughs> and um, my father was listening to uh, radio from England and Oh, so yeah. he was exploring the outside world. Yes, and we had an um, uh, antenna uh, dish uh, that at least to um, see um, soccer games or other things from, from the Bulgarians, Hungarians uh, around, you know, but uh, that was a privilege. Uh, our time in front of the TV was very limited, but for a good reason. <laughs> And now I, I'm grateful for that, but we only had four hours of TV per day. Now, was yeah. that because mom and dad said four hours? No, no, that's, oh. that was the schedule, the national. The national uh, schedule. Yeah, it was only one channel and four hours a and day. And did they determine what was on yes, during that four very hours? very much, okay. very much. Everything was controlled. So I noticed that this is not something that is normal and... I had friends that uh, had relatives in Germany and other countries and they would tell me that when their relatives are visiting, they're they are bringing them things and uh, uh, sweets and things that we, we didn't have access to and I said, how come they have that and we don't? So it started, uh, I started questioning myself like, how come uh, there's other things in other parts of the world? So it made me be more curious to explore, to go travel. And what about reading material? Was that also restricted oh, so you could only read certain things? I'm glad you asked. Uh, one of my memories with my dad, I remember uh, once a week or every other week, we would go to the library, the public um no, not library, it, it was in Romanian, it's called library, but it's actually a, a bookstore. Okay. Um, like here, there's Barnes and Nobles or something. And um, my dad made a, a good connection with uh, one of the ladies. There was a vendor there, and she would hide for him the books that uh, she would sell to him, but if they, they were very limited and they will go quick 
So she had to hide them, and oh, she was risking uh, losing yes. her job. Yes, for, she was. Wow. Yeah, so it was an adventure. I, I didn't understand. And did time. he ever get concerned? Like, what if they stop me on the way home and want to see what I'm carrying? Uh, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. It, we always lived in a tension, but um, my parents made it look like it was normal so no. I didn't have to grow up with fears or anything. You know um, probably about 25 years ago now um, I was able to accompany my husband to China and remember Tiananmen Square? Okay so that had happened just a couple of years before we went and he was already there on business so I actually flew into Narita Japan and then flew from Narita in, on Air China into Beijing. And when I got off, I mean, the airport at that time was like, I don't know what you would call it. It was like a light bulb in the center that you walk through and it was, it was pretty um, barren, let's, let's put it that way. So we had a guide that was assigned to him while he was doing business. And then she would take us on kind of the behind the scenes tour and um, in some cases where tourists wouldn't normally go. So we got to be really very friendly with her because we were there, I was there about 10 days and he was there for two weeks because he'd been there prior to my arriving. And we decided that we would send her little son who at that time was maybe five or six, some of the books that American children like. And she told us they will open every single package that I receive and check to see yeah. what is in the package. So she said, be sure that the books are very, uh, just kind of bland, you know. And I remember sending her the little engine that could, and you know, some of the childhood favorites, uh, The Giving Tree. Um, and I think that he received all of them, but we were never sure because they might have read something and said, oh, you know, this is propaganda, mm. you know, be different. And yeah. maybe some of the books might have been slanted that way. Right. So. We here in America and, and most countries, you know, have the ability to choose, which is wonderful. And yet you knew as a child that, okay, there is a much bigger world out there and I want to go explore it. Absolutely. So when did you leave, leave Romania again? How old were you? When I left, it was after college. So um, my parents wanted me very badly to have a college degree. I didn't understand why, but I didn't disagree with them. I just wanted to be a good daughter and follow their dream. And not your <laughs> uh, dream. But at least they, they gave me the option to choose what I want to study. Uh -huh. So what did you study? I, I fell in love with foreign languages. So first I uh, signed up for uh, college where uh, French and English were uh, main languages. and. Um, I, I after two years I realized that that's not what I wanted and if I just like a foreign language I can study that on my own or hire a tutor but I don't need to get a college degree for that and I realized um, also I explored the options like what am I gonna do when I graduate with so you were looking for your life right, purpose right exactly but I didn't know uh, that was what I was doing, but yeah, uh, but you were beginning to question exactly. Like, okay, so so then I uh, went to study uh, journalism. I transferred to a private college, and I study anthropology, philosophy, and journalism. And I got my major in journalism. And uh, I remember one of my teachers said, um, "If you graduate with maximum grade, uh, you you can." Uh, work for the newspaper, the reduction where I, I work. And um, so uh, that excited me and I was dreaming to be this famous journalist who's always on the first page, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I had an interesting journey with that after w about one year. Uh, I discovered that corruption was huge in Romania and uh. <laughs> I was the one trying to reveal the truth and that didn't work because I was too insignificant and there were people with higher powers and money and connections and uh, I 
got harassing calls and I said I don't want to spend my life in jail <laughs> so I, that's the point where I decided it's time to move on and continue my dream that I had when I was eight and go uh, live in a different part of the world so did your parents were they upset with your choice to leave yeah of course I mean I don't think there is a parent that loves their children and likes to see them going I mean even if when I went to college it was a four-hour driving distance from my hometown and um, yeah they they came to visit me almost every weekend <laughs> Oh wow! so yeah absolutely it was it was a tough choice but I'm very grateful that they didn't oppose they they didn't agree with it but in the same time they didn't stop me uh -huh. they understood and they trusted my decision and they knew that I'm uh, capable of um, surviving in a different part of the world uh, because they knew uh, my my character my values they trusted me and they knew I'm gonna make the right choice and were you the baby um, uh, no, I, I didn't have family. Uh, I, I was so I left my country um, when I was 24, 24 mm -hmm. years old. Yeah. Right. But were you the baby of your family? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I only have one older brother. That's what I thought. Yeah. I know you went to live with him in Austria for a little bit. And I was thinking, you know, if your family is coming to visit you every weekend and driving four hours, they're making sure that their little baby girl is safe. Yes, and, and I feel my, my brother at least uh, reminded me all the time that um, I was more spoiled and protected because I was born premature at six and a half months. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah, they wanted to, I, I was definitely the baby. <laughs> So have you been back to see them very many times since you left? No, I was never able to go back uh, because of financial, um, like, uh, restraints or uh, because I, I um, had jobs in the beginning where uh, my contract, uh, I didn't sign for a vacation, right? Mm -hmm. It was work, work, work. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to go in the first years, but then later when my father got sick and died pretty quickly, um, he had strokes and heart attack, um, I, I went to uh, visit my mom afterwards. I, I wanted to be there for him when he was still alive, but my mom said, please don't come. Uh, I want you to remember him happy as and was. strong as he was. And mm -hmm. it, that was a good choice. Right. Yeah. So has mom made it out of the country to come visit you? Not yet. She was planning to come last year, but mm, because COVID. of the pandemic, yeah, yeah uh, she wasn't able, but hopefully this year. Yeah. I mm. imagine that this will blow her mind, so to speak, you know, because mm -hmm. even though you have restrictions that have been lifted here in Florida, you know, our area, uh, will be very different for her. Absolutely, but she loves the beach and she, she got to travel um, around the country. She went to Turkey several times, she went to Bulgaria, she went to Russia, she went to Hungary, she went to Germany, Italy. She has a sister who lives in Italy. Mm. So yeah, she's been traveling a lot um, in Europe, but um, she's never been to US or yeah. on, on a different continent. Do you yeah. think she'll want to stay if she comes or will she go home? I hope so. <laughs> uh, so is that a discussion you're having? As Yeah, but she's not decided yet, but um, if, if my brother will move here um you know uh, definitely she has no reason to stay so and then you'd have your whole family here uh, oh yeah that would be awesome yeah i uh, can wait so let's kind of move into discovering your life purpose you know and and what motivates somebody to go down any particular road and we were talking before the show started that you know a child like i said at birth has no clue as to where they're going to be going but you begin to get some direction by the time you're in preschool. Um, I've watched little children play, and I know you have, and they already, you know, are either playing with, um, you know, like even if they're building blocks, you know, you have 
the little architecture uh, personality that's in there or somebody that's you know construction that's in there or somebody that just likes cars and wants to you know take them apart or or maybe put I had a little boy that I worked with years ago and he was um, what we would call an ADHD kid so Mm -hmm. he was hyperactive and his attention span was like nanoseconds so he was always in my school psychology office and um, what I had the teachers do and it worked beautifully for him because it wasn't that he couldn't learn he just couldn't focus for any length of time and so he'd get into trouble and what I had the teachers do is give me all of your broken appliances from home so I had a big box of toasters and radios and just different things that you know didn't work anymore but rather than throw them away if he was having problems in his class I would have him sit with a screwdriver and pliers and he was very quiet and I would just say take it apart see if you can put it back together again and that was a, he was able to focus because that was hands-on as opposed to being in his head trying to learn something That's amazing. and so it worked really really well for him so his life purpose I'm sure because this has been years ago now you know it was going to be doing something with um, you know maybe maintenance you know where there would be machinery or there would be some skill where he would be able to take something and fix it because he would know what was wrong and he could easily go in and do that whereas other people's life purpose is going to be in their head yeah. and you know creating from a intellectual point of view yeah so how do you think kids begin to follow their life purpose their what is going to motivate them as you see it um, well, I have an eight-year-old son, and I love to observe him, how he develops, and I'm very proud of him, how far he's come so far. He's very smart. He, he keeps saying he loves math, but um, he's very, very good with reading and spelling, and um, he, walk, he started walking when he was a little bit older than one he was probably one year and three months old i would say i can't remember exactly but when he was only seven months old he started humming the jingle bells wow and at I, seven months yeah and i recorded him in the dark it was nighttime and i i couldn't believe what i was hearing and i took my phone and i recorded him and yeah he started speaking uh, very early even before he was walking, he was already saying words. And uh, his teacher, when he graduated his second grade, um, said, what I admired you the most is how eloquent uh, and sophisticated your um, vocabulary is. And so it's interesting that he keeps saying that he loves math. He doesn't like spelling and reading and, and all yet, that. That's but great. he's so amazing at it. Yeah. So it's interesting. I um, I think every person, every kid has their own um, inclination, their own um, um, capabilities. Like uh, we, we are all capable of uh, doing anything that we put our mind to. But I think... Uh, throughout our life we uh, develop our skills um, on one area or another through practicing more Mm -hmm. so um, of course if I want to play basketball I'm not going to be good but if I keep practicing after a few years probably I'm going to be much much better than I'm today so I believe that people no matter what they're good at, what they're they're born with certain how I call it, like um, innate skills. Yeah, skill. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I I believe that um, if they want to try something else that they think they're not good at, if they keep practicing and they believe in themselves, um, they can succeed in that. One of the things that I love um, about I guess children is they're very pliable. And so exposing them to different things, whether it's in sports or whether it's yeah. learning opportunities. But um, around our part of the state of Florida, there are a lot of programs and some of them are you know, uh, artistic. I mean, you can 
I don't know whether there's scholarships, but I think there probably are um, now that we're out of COVID, but they have performing arts programs for kids and they have, you know, like science programs for kids and they have environmental programs for kids. And so I have encouraged parents, if they can either apply for scholarships or if they can afford to do it, to go ahead and every summer you know, find a different program. Mm-hmm. So, because there may be something that a child will just blossom because they're exposed to, and then they decide to go in that direction. And one of the young ladies that I know, um, she, you know, she had access to horses when she was younger. And so the um, access was, you know, easily available, and they got her a horse, and she took all kinds of riding classes. And now she is in Colorado uh, in a veterinarian program for big animals. So she will become a horse doctor, doctor. if you will. Yeah. And she's like a horse whisperer. There are things that she knows about horses because she's been with them her whole life yeah. that most vet students have no clue about. And some of the professors are even asking her questions now. So that avenue was exposure. But then she found, you know, exactly how she wanted to take that. And it wasn't going to be to teach riding or to own stables, but to help a horse stay healthy, you know, through vitamins, nutrition, exercise, things like that. So that, that's what's so cool is that we have an opportunity to expose kids to so much, and then maybe they'll find their life purpose. That's a beautiful story, and um, it reminds me of my husband's dream. He said he, his parents took him to Brazil when he was two years old, and um, back then you didn't have to sit in a chair strapped with all sorts. Mm-hmm. So the whole trip to Brazil, he said, the flight attendants uh, were fighting who wants to carry the baby. So he was the baby, that two-year-old, and he was blonde hair, light skin, and and, uh, everybody was so attracted to him, and they wanted to carry him the whole flight. Oh my gosh, so So, he was spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he remembers that time, and he said ever since that day, he knew whatever he does in life, it has to do with airplanes. Hmm. So he fell in love with the idea of flying an airplane, working on an airplane, designing an airplane, whatever it takes. So yeah, to this day he's a consultant and he's a aerospace engineer and, and he works with airplanes. So do you think your son might be going in that direction with math, you know, like aerospace technology? Uh, it's possible. He's he's very engineer mi- engineering minded, um, uh, but he right now, if I ask him, um, he loves to dance and sing, and he loves um, to play. There's a game called Minecraft. Um, oh, I've seen it. Yeah, and uh, in the beginning, I wasn't opposed to it, but I I was a little skeptical. Like I don't want him to spend too much time. Uh, playing these games, I don't want to be uh, one of those kids that just sits on the in front of the screen. But uh, when I noticed uh, his development, like he learned fractions, he learned multiplication, he learned uh, 3D uh, designing and architecture, he learned so much from, and, and also uh, his computer skills, he typed so fast with all his fingers and I'm still with two fingers typing like that and yeah, that's really amazing with kids so I'm, yeah so I I'm very glad that I didn't take away the joy of him playing um, his Minecraft game and now he wants to be a youtuber and have his channel actually he has a channel we just didn't make it public yet and he wants to make videos with his friends and uh, play different scenarios okay. and so are you familiar with Space Camp? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's over on the other coast, yeah. and I yeah. think uh, your son is nine? Almost. Almost nine. Okay, so I think the youngest is young. about yeah. 11. Mm-hmm. But um, I have a young lady that I know um, who I was able to introduce about a month and a half ago now to a person who had worked for Lockheed's space program. He had the mm-hmm. highest clearance. And so he uh, drove several hours to meet with her, 
and tell her about what it would take to become an astronaut because that's her goal. Mm-hmm. But she, it's different. Like 25 years ago, if you were an astronaut, you were also a pilot, right? right. Now that's not true. Now, I mean, she wants to go to Mars uh, someday. And so I'm pretty sure that she won't be seeing her family too much. But her goal is to, you know, be an astronaut going to Mars and to do geology. <laughs> so she wants her undergraduate degree to be in geology, and then she'll get a, a master's and maybe a PhD. Um, but to be moving in the direction of being part of the space program as a geologist on Mars. And I think that is totally fascinating with her being only 11 years old. Yeah. But she has known, much like you did, that it was time to move away from Romania for you and explore the world. But her world is a whole lot bigger. It's more like the universe. Um, but they, they can think that way. You know, you and I never would have been able to think those kind of thoughts. And yet today's kids can. Your son could. And space camp might be something wonderful for him because it's just over on, you know, the other coast. <laughs> That's right. I It always fascinates me how... Uh, children um, know what they want to do with their life when they're very young. Um, like you said, I, I knew I want to explore the world. I wanted to get out of my hometown, but I, I didn't know what my passion was. I didn't have a specific goal in mind. I didn't know my uh, uh, yeah, uh, like if somebody would ask me, so how do you make your decisions? I would be like, I don't know, like I just do what I feel. But um, so did you intellectualize or did you always come from your heart? From my heart, okay. yes. And, and I've told people, and I think we've talked about that, that we have 40,000 brain cells that actually are in our heart. And so that 40,000 helps you make decisions that are intuitively right for you. Whereas if we try to intellectualize it, it doesn't work. Because then we're usually going by what we've been hearing or what we've yeah. read or what somebody else has you know, done. And then we say, well, maybe that's the road I need to go down. Yeah. So you've come from your heart. And has it led you correctly? Yes. Okay. So far. So far. Yeah. But now I, I have a more crystal clear image of why I'm doing where, what I'm doing, why I'm where I'm at today. And I know exactly where I'm going to be um, because I'm, I know which track I'm on, you know, so everything, it's more clear now. In, in the past, I remember everything was in a fog, but I was just trusting my heart and my intuition and I let them guide me. But now I have a very clear picture of... So what where, is your clear where, picture um, all about? <laughs> um, so I translated my ambition and uh, my drive uh, on how I want to help um, other people. Because I noticed I'm not a materialistic person, even though, yeah, I, I want to have nice things for myself. I want to live in a safe and spacious home and uh, drive a, a comfortable car and all these things and go on vacations and buy what I want, what I wanted. But um, that's not the goal. That's not what makes me really happy. Uh, what makes me happy is um, helping other people achieve what they want in life. Mm. I didn't know how to do that before. And now I found uh, different ways on how to do that. And uh, I set goals so I know exactly the steps that I, I will take every day in order to achieve that. And um, I have ever a, take a detour, like maybe you set a goal and you achieve that, and you go, "Well, that wasn't quite what I thought it would be." No, I know everything is a stepping stone, and it's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. So, I, another thing that I learn is to enjoy the journey, and if things don't turn out like I, as I expected, or uh, they take longer than I anticipated. I'm not gonna feel miserable and uh, not feel happy because uh, I'm not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Now I learn how to be patient with the results and uh, 
aggressive in my work ethic and um, yeah I there was a young man um, years ago when I was living in uh, Green Bay Wisconsin and um, I won't go into all the details but uh, he died at a young age he was like only 15 mm. and so it was extremely difficult he it was a drowning and um, you know he just got pulled in with a, a super undertow and there wasn't anything that anybody could do to get him you know, help before he drowned. So <clears throat> he had been a very spiritual uh, young person and had different sayings that he loved. Um, and so he, one of his sayings was the journey is the reward. Mm. And so the Green Bay Packers had a large banner that they made. And for the first couple of years after his death, because he had a scholarship fund and everything, he was, his parents were well known in the community. Um, but uh, they carried this banner into the stadium, usually with the opening game of the season, that the journey is the reward. <laughs> and, you know, it's symbolic for football teams because they go on a journey every year at the beginning of their season. Um, and it is the reward. I mean, if they play well, they end up maybe in the Super Bowl. And if they don't, you know, they learn along the way. I but I think that if all of us could adopt, you know, that kind of message that our journey in life from birth to death, whenever that is, is the reward. Mm. You know, that we learn things along the way, uh, we encounter obstacles, we encounter um, beauty and joy and happiness, but each thing that we encounter is a lesson. Absolutely, the challenges and the obstacles are a beautiful thing that people should learn more to embrace them because that's where we learn the more that's mm -hmm. where we grow the most mm -hmm. because if we always stay in our comfort zone we're never gonna grow out of there and never gonna improve our life and and the way we think and we're not gonna get to the results that we expect so right. i love i absolutely like i always tell people Oh, you sound like you're a troublemaker, but I can't wait to learn more about you. I, I'm, I love challenges and I want to learn how to help every single person before I only wanted to work with people that I liked and they, <laughs> they approved everything that I said. Oh, okay. So now you look for those that challenge you. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what is the most difficult person, you know, that maybe since you're, you know, a certified life coach, so somebody comes to you for uh, maybe assistance in finding their life purpose and they're just generally unhappy uh, yeah. how uh, what's the most difficult situation without naming names but right so the most difficult people are the ones that are um, uneducated and stubborn mm. yeah because so how do you help somebody that you know I mean the educational process is not necessarily academic but how do you help them become educated and lose that stubbornness? Right. So people, we, we all have preconceived notions about how things should look like, sound like, smell like, taste like, everything. And uh, we think that we know what success is, which for most majority of people, I believe they think success means money. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been there and I realized that's not it. And I try to see when I start uh, working with somebody and helping someone in their journey to achieving their goal, um, if they are coachable, if they are teachable, because if they're too stubborn in their ways and they don't want to take a, a perspective from somebody else, then it, it's going to be very difficult to so work So somebody with. who just says, this is the way I am, yeah. then what do you do with them? Uh, I ask them if they want to change. Right. <laughs> because in, in order to see change in your life, the, you need to change yeah, first. Right. Yeah, the perspective has yeah. to change. You know, one of the terms that is um, loosely thrown around these days is construct. Mm. You know, that, that you're going to do a deep dive or you're going to look at the construct that you're living your life by. And, um, and constructs are nothing more than beliefs. You know, it's, it's the belief that is guiding you. And so sometimes a person who is stubborn, they've latched on to a belief that suits their needs. And so, um, you know, if, whatever that need might be, you know, it, it might be 
you know, that I've got to be successful in order to prove myself. Yeah. Or it might be, um, you know, that relationships don't work for me. Mm -hmm. But whatever that need or belief that they have. So that stubbornness doesn't always work, does it? Right. And then uh, it's also a little bit scary, people that are too enthusiastic. They, they have a great attitude, and, but they're too bubbly, too excited about, oh yeah, I don't need to know, just tell me what to do, I'm ready to jump in, face forward. And that's also scary because yeah. those people that make quick decisions like that, usually they quit as fast as they start. Right, right. So, yeah. Or they get a little bit of success and think that they've arrived. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, that can be, um, you know, as a, a, a life coach for you, as a professional therapist for me, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that people get very uncomfortable when they have to look in the mirror. Hmm. And, um, you know, so they are challenged by facing their own demons. And we all have them. All I mean, of us. Yeah, they, I mean, it's pretty hard to escape them. But And uh, honestly, you know, we are taught that oh the dark side don't don't look <laughs> that way you know uh -huh. but i learned from my husband he's a big believer in balance and he said how can you appreciate the good if you don't have the bad so they they're all completing and and collaborating and making things better in our life so if we didn't know how bad looks like, how would we appreciate good? How would we know that we are in a good place if we didn't know what bad is? Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, the I Ching or the Taoist symbol and everything, mm -hmm. we have yeah. the combination of dark and light, and yeah. that is who we are. Yeah. And a lot of times, I have seen so many people that cover up their dark sides, mm. and they do it by looking like they are good on the outside so mm -hmm. they're always there to help others they're always there to donate they're always there to volunteer but it's covering up you know the very things that they don't like about themselves yeah and um, only when you face you know your own inadequacies if you will and face your own demons yeah. and embrace them and yeah. say it's okay you know this is part of who I am and if I don't want to be that way anymore I have the ability to change change mm -hmm. exactly I love that when people realize that they have that ability to change, uh, it changes the whole world. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and another thing I encourage them is to uh, not try to be the best in something. Try, try to be the best for who they are, for themselves right. and for the world around them. Right. Don't try to prove anything to anybody. Just be the best for the people around you. Don't be the best uh, for uh, well, someone just to impress. Right. It's it's kind of an un unachievable goal, you know. If you think of um, like a restaurant, mm -hmm. so if I'm a Papa John's, you know, do I want to be the best Papa John's in the area? I mean, maybe maybe not. But uh, if I'm competing with a five star restaurant, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And if I'm looking at my success by comparison to somebody else's success, you know, then that's not a, a fair playing field. Comparing yeah. is dangerous. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. So you're right. You know, just and helping a child, you know, as they begin to pursue their life purpose, um, is not to compare themselves. You know, like even with your son, if he's excellent in math and he's at the top of his class, there's going to be others that are challenging him to maybe take his place as top of the class and that can then create stress for him you know so if he's just happy with his knowledge let's right. say as opposed to being number one he is and he understands that and I appreciate and admire so much the fact that um, he doesn't he's very humble he doesn't brag that he's the best but um, he also likes to help other uh -huh. children that are challenged by math, and he's very that would patient. Have been <laughs> yeah, I would have been sitting beside him saying, "Please explain." <laughs> and he's very patient, and he loves to help other people. So yeah, yeah. but uh, it's in order to to, to um, if you want to go back to the purpose of life and and how to get back on track and. Um, 
it's good to know our values uh -huh. um, in the past I, if somebody would ask me oh what are your values I'm like I don't know like I never thought about it um, um, I guess don't lie don't steal don't hurt someone don't cheat don't you know. so your values might be honesty your values might be integrity right um, maybe your value is openness you know so yeah I, I tell people that I'm working with in counseling that that is important that it, it's not a specific things because a value is very broad but if we look at it as you want to be around people who are open and honest you know then that kind of says it all and you'll know if you're not around people that are like that you know because they'll always have a hidden agenda and you'll mm -hmm. feel it and especially you know somebody who's intuitive and you coming from your heart um, there's a lot of people that are in paths yeah. and they feel that deviation if you will you know they know they and I do I, I have some friends that I'm very close with and um, and I know instantly if there's some hidden agenda mm -hmm. and I don't think they like that but I just automatically know. And so it's like, okay, let's fess up. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and I love what, what you mentioned, that's, that's um, developing your empathy. Um, I, in the past, I, I used to have sympathy for people. Mm -hmm. So I was just um, feeling sorry for them and, and being there, but I didn't have empathy for them. And that's something that I developed. I think it comes with maturity. I it does, yeah. it does. I mean, it would be very difficult and probably troublesome for a child to be an empath because mm. they they wouldn't know where they were receiving their information from. Right. Um, as an adult, you can be a little more discerning, but you also have to learn to be grounded. And there are a lot of people that are empaths that are not grounded, and that's extremely difficult. Yeah. And I'm, part of it uh, has to do with confidence, mm -hmm. how much confidence they have in, in themselves and the, the decisions that they make. That they're making. Yeah. Um, you know, that is one of the things that I loved about Native Americans and the Japanese and the Chinese cultures is they value wisdom. And you're not wise at five, you're not wise at 50, but somebody who gets into their 80s you know, it has a lot of life and a lot of wisdom. And, um, you know, they value that. And it's it's sad here in America. I imagine your mom will see that to some degree when she visits. But here in America, we're still a very youth-oriented culture. And so we tend to value energy rather than wisdom. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that can be learned by just listening. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. Yeah, I can't wait for my mom to see her face when she first comes in. <laughs> oh, well, at least Tampa International Airport is one of the most beautiful and easily um, navigated airports that I've ever been in, for sure. Mm. So she'll probably enjoy that aspect as she arrives. <laughs> <laughs> she'll enjoy many things. Mm. She, she loves the beach, so I know she's going to be very comfortable here. Mm. I told my husband we don't need to worry because well, there was a discussion if uh, we want my mom to live with us or uh, to buy a separate place for her and I said even if she lives with us she's gonna spend most of the day on the beach or by the pool <laughs> you just give her a bottle of water and some food and she's happy <laughs> uh, she loves sun what do you do when you come from a country so far away like that I mean will she ship certain things that are just very dear to her or will she just leave it all behind and join you it depends it depends if she feels very very attached emotionally she probably will ship things yeah mm -hmm. but I will encourage her not to because it's just heavy. It's, it's all replaceable yeah and you know shipping from such a distance yeah. um, I had some really close friends in uh, Green Bay Wisconsin that retired to Hawaii because mm. they that was like a second home to them and um, oh my goodness I mean he loved books and so he was shipping all of these books to Hawaii and it was a fortune for yeah. them just a fortune so anything that's heavy think twice <laughs> because it's probably not worth the shipping I know 
Uh, I was helping my brother to ship some um, canvases and, and books that are dear to him and his children. And yeah, um, it was a hustle. <laughs> I bet. I, I would bet. Pricey and uh, to me, not worth it. So in our remaining minutes, I want to come back to what if a person is off track? You know, again, they might be coming to you as a life coach or they might be a good friend that's not seeking any information, but you know that they're not on track because they're not happy. How do you begin to help them find their way? Well, I remind them that where they are today is not who they are. Mm Mm-hmm. And I tell them there's a solution for every problem. And um, How do they find that solution? If they're patient and they're willing to listen uh, to perspective from people that have more success in that particular area that they they are looking to be successful and they're not, um, then uh, they can get a different perspective and they can reflect on things and compare their thinking with somebody else's thinking and make a decision. I'm going to give you a real life example here Mm because I'd like to see what you would do with it. So (laughs) we have a lot of people that go into um, IT work, you know, because that was and is still the hot button, uh, except 25 years ago, it was, you know, the cutting edge and now, you know, it's cloud, cloud architects and things of that nature. So, you know, it's evolving into different things. And you always have to be three steps ahead, otherwise you're being left behind. So it's a very, um, the techie world is uh, cutthroat. And um, you are left behind if you're not on the cutting edge. Let's just put it that way. So let's say that there are probably thousands of kids that are now in their 40s that you know got on that boat or on that train and they are discovering that they're just burned out but that's an area where they've been paid a lot of money to do the work that they do Mm. so now they're burned out but they have expenses that parallel what they're being made you know what they're being paid um and yet they're not happy anymore you Mm -hmm. know they just they need to leave but they don't know how to leave So it's not even going to be watching somebody who is successful and maybe emulating some of what they're doing. It's going to be detouring. You know, find the door, find the window, get out. And how do you go find, again, what's going to make you happy? Where do you go to look? Right. So what I would advise them is to reflect on how they feel now that um, in the situation where they are and how are they going to feel in the future if they don't do anything about it and they continue to move forward on that path of being unhappy and and just going to do things because they feel obligated and they want to pay the bills and uh, versus how are they going to feel if they do something different so how do they begin to find though that happiness path so that's an evaluation of Um, How are you going to feel if you don't do anything? But if they decide, okay, I've got to do something, then maybe how do you help them as a life coach get to the path where, oh, I'm discovering joy and happiness again? How do they find that path? Right. So I think there's different steps. So first they have to find their why, their, their vision, why they want something different to figure out, um, what like they they don't have to be huge things but let's maybe say maybe they just want to sleep right sleep in <laughs> you know exactly. or maybe, maybe they want to not have indigestion after every meal because they're so stressed or not having to report to a boss um, when they want to go to work and when they don't and just being a little bit more in control of their decisions, mm-hmm. their time, the, how much money they make. I, I know a lot of smart, ambitious people, very, very hard workers, and they work for somebody who doesn't appreciate them, and right. they will never pa- pay them at the value that they are really worth. 
and then they feel unhappy and but they are afraid to do a change to make a different decision with their life and because they're they don't want to lose what they what they have, have yeah and i i tell them that what's going to cost them uh, to if they continue to do what they do they're they gonna not have peace of mind they're gonna feel unhappy miserable and they're gonna affect the people around them so and that's gonna affect their health absolutely their health is gonna be affected drastically mm-hmm. so um, they have to reflect a little bit more on where they are where they want to be and and it, maybe how they want to get there and how they uh, i i teach them i help them how to get there that's okay. that's not a problem but they need to make that decision for themselves one of the n- neatest things that i discovered probably 15 years ago at least um, is a lady who wrote a book called writing down your soul mm. and uh, she's still in um you know my general area and she's written a number of other books since then. But her name is Janet Connor. Mm. And I took a workshop with her. And um, your soul talks to you all the time, but most of us don't listen. And so what happened in the workshop is, you know, she did her presentation ahead of time, and we all had journals with us. And she said, now, she said, I'm going to have you write for 30 minutes. And she said, I'm not going to tell you what to write about. I want you to listen to what your soul is telling you. And so you're going to sit there, you know, until you start hearing things. And some of us, you know, started writing almost immediately because we were kind of in touch with our soul. Others, I noticed um, as I looked around for the first few minutes, you know, were just sitting. It was like, okay, how do I get in touch with my soul? But your soul is a part of who you are. You're, it's within you. And, you know, we're this, um, I say, virtual bodysuit you know, with all of this energy that's inside of us. But we don't consult who we are very often. And again, we live in our brains rather than in our hearts. And mm. you, know, you know the difference. And so if you're consulting your soul for the first or second or third time in your life, it just kind of sits there going, well, what do you want me to say? You know, how, how do you want me to talk yeah. to you? Whereas if you're used to talking to it, like, okay, does this feel good? Or am I headed in the right direction? Or give me some guidance or something like that. Then it'll say, oh, sure. You know, mm-hmm. let, me, let me share with you what's going on in your right. life. And, but the journaling is a perfect vehicle. Because if people will sit with their journal once a day, either at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, and try to do it pretty much at the same time, your soul will start coming through and saying, this is what I would like. Yeah. And that would be a wonderful way to help somebody get back on track, is if they're off track, it's because they've not been listening. If they want to get on track, start listening. Yeah, and that's pretty much how I help people um, find their, their purpose, by encouraging them to yeah, be more aware of what's happening in their everyday life and write down things that how, how I felt when this happened, how I felt when I heard that, um, uh, what triggered me to smile or laugh or like never before. or So be aware, be more aware of mm-hmm. your surroundings and the people that are around, what they say, what they do, where you are, how it makes you feel. And yeah, just uh, reflect on everything every day and write it down and uh, th- ask yourself all the time questions like mm-hmm. um, what did I learn today because right. um, I, I tell even my son if, if one day goes by and you didn't learn anything it, that's a wasted day well another thing for getting somebody back on track is at the end of their day as they're closing their eyes what was the best thing that happened what made them happy that day because then you're moving from a stressful mm. area to something that is rewarding, that, that's beneficial to you. And, and teaching people how to be grateful mm-hmm. for little things. Because mm-hmm. some people think, oh, they, I expect great things in my life to happen in order to be happy and uh, thankful. But we, we need to learn to be grateful and appreciate little things because right. the more we practice that gratitude, the more we're going to attract uh, yeah. good things in our life. And yeah, that is very true. 
Well, our show is over. Wow. <laughs> See, an hour goes very, very fast. So I want to remind everybody again um, that they can reach you at Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A, at Glasser, G-L-A-S-S-E-R, foundation.org. And you're available for life coaching. And you're also um, an author of three books that are available at Amazon. Um, give them the title again. Following a Dream. Following yeah, a Dream. Yeah, so there's three books, and they're all self-help books. And, uh, yeah, the the life coaching, it's also, I offer um, free consultations. So people don't think that, uh, oh, I don't know if I can afford her or anything. Uh-huh. I, I work with people to uh, find a way to make them comfortable which, which is awesome. That yeah. is a, it's a nice way to... I know even with what I do, I give them a 20-minute free consultation to make sure it's a good fit. And then they make the decision whether they want to go forward. Right. So that way they're not you know, up front having to put money down on something that might not work at all for them. That's great. Okay. Well, I will have you back in, towards the end of September. Um, we'll be moving into hopefully a little bit cooler weather than what we have now. And uh, again, thank you for being part of the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. And everybody who is out there listening to the show, don't forget to check out www.synergy.synergyconnectionradio.com. All of the shows are archived there, and I think there's about 150 of them at this point. Um, So maybe there will be somebody like Andrea that, uh, you know, will just be perfect for you to hear. In the meantime, go out there and make it your very best life, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.